you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From The Australian, here's what's on The Front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Wednesday, May 3. All eyes were on the Reserve Bank yesterday. It was the first interest rates decision since the government announced a sweeping overhaul of the RBA. And it surprised economists by raising the cash rate for the 11th time in 12 months. Reserve Bank Governor Philip Lowe said pushing interest rates to 3.85% is a further attempt to get a handle on inflation. Recommendations from last week's Defence Strategic Review are already being implemented and South Korea's not happy about it. Industry sources have told The Australian that slashing the number of armoured vehicles made by Korean manufacturers is capricious and profoundly disrespectful, adding that it's an example of Australia's clunky and flawed regional security diplomacy. Health Minister Mark Butler says he won't entertain regulation on vapes and e-cigarettes for over-18s because he doesn't want to add legitimacy to a ballooning public health problem. I'm not going to normalise a product that is deliberately designed, in my view, to create a new generation of nicotine addicts that evidence shows is becoming a pathway back into smoking cigarettes. I'm just not going to do it. But does the government's crackdown do enough to keep vapes out of kids' hands and put big tobacco in its place? That's in today's episode. Hello. Do you have vapes? Yeah. What's that? Um, do you have the nicotine? Yeah, that's Yeah? And these are the flavours? I have That's me buying what will probably be my first and only vape. I don't smoke, never have. I don't vape. I had to ask a friend how to actually buy a vape. I've got it. So $20 for one. I don't say all of this because I'm on my high horse about smoking, but because I wanted to see for myself just how easy it is to get a hold of a vape. Uh, Can I do grapes, please? It turns out it's as simple as popping into a tobacconist slash convenience store around the corner. Thank you. The law is and always has been that you need a prescription to buy vapes in Australia. They're legal, provided they're being used as an aid to quit smoking. The thinking is that vapes make it easier to control and ultimately taper the amount of nicotine you're consuming, but research has shown that vapors are three times more likely to take up smoking. And the reality is they're being doled out at convenience stores around the country without a script in sight. And that's how they're winding up in the hands of young people, non-smokers and even kids. The government is well aware of the need to get our growing vape addiction under control. Health Minister Mark Butler has announced the government will throw almost a quarter of a billion taxpayer dollars at the problem in next week's budget. Here he is at the National Press Club yesterday. Next week's budget will include $30 million for support programs to help Australians quit and $63 million for a national evidence-based information campaign with a particular emphasis on young people. And as we stamp out the growing... The crackdown will see single-use disposable vapes banned and non-prescription vapes won't be imported. Flavours, colours and nicotine concentrations will be restricted. 
Plain packaging, not unlike the cigarette legislation introduced in Australia in 2012, will be mandatory. The tobacco excise will be raised, making it more expensive to be a smoker and returning revenue lost through the illegal tobacco trade to the government. It'll also be easier to get a prescription for your vape if you're trying to quit smoking. But the problem is people who are currently buying vapes illegally, non-smokers like me or school-aged kids and teenagers, probably won't rush out to do things legitimately, given they'd be lying to a doctor to get a script anyway. Remy Varga is a reporter with The Australian and she knows from her reporting how easy it is to game the prescription requirement. It was really straightforward. I googled nicotine prescription online and then I went and I filled in some details. I said I was a former smoker trying to give up. I'm not a smoker. They charged me $85. They sent me a script. And it sounds like she needn't have bothered going to that much trouble. I also recently just bought a vape online. I googled nicotine vape and a website came up and I bought a nicotine vape and they shipped it to me and they didn't ask me for a script. Even if the new prescription requirements do help to curb the number of people taking up vaping, there's still a lot of questions about how the system will work. Adding another layer to this already complex problem is the fact that Big Tobacco already has a vested interest in keeping vapes in convenience stores. Why? Because tobacco brands like Philip Morris and British American Tobacco are making vapes, lots of them. And some of those companies are members of a powerful lobby group called the Australian Association of Convenience Stores. It's been pushing hard against anti-vaping legislation and particularly against plain packaging. Another group called Responsible Vaping Australia and backed by tobacco retailers like Signal and CTC argues a ban on over-the-counter vape sales has created a black market. They want vapes to be regulated in such a way that would allow them to be sold legitimately to adults at convenience stores around the nation, the way cigarettes are. Big Tobacco has been very keen to allow vapes to continue to be sold widely across Australia, and that hasn't happened. Ellen Wynette is an associate editor with The Australian. It's a problem for them because it means people will be less likely to buy their product. That's the only reason they're unhappy about this. When The Australian did a major investigation into vaping a couple of weeks ago, we discovered that vapes were available in glitter designed to look like pretty pens. They have lights that light up. They were so obviously designed for young people. So if the vapes are now going to have boring packaging, that might be much less attractive to young people, which is exactly what the government and what health advocates want. But Big Tobacco has lost the battle on plain packaging yet again, though the lobby's sheer influence means they may not have lost the war. But I do think that overall it's not a good day for Big Tobacco. They will be able to sell more vapes through pharmacies because Big Tobacco is involved in producing those therapeutic vapes that are coming through the pharmacies. So they can console themselves that they got a small part of the action there. So what's next for Big Tobacco now that vapes are squarely in the government sites? That's coming up. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. 
In this series, I'll look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts. Health Minister Mark Butler says he's modelled the government's crackdown on vapes on the cigarette plane packaging legislation introduced by Labor in 2012. Unfortunately, the gains that we have made in tobacco could be undone by a new threat to public health. Vaping was sold to governments and to communities all around the world as a therapeutic product to help long-term smokers quit. It was not sold as a recreational product, and in particular, not one for our kids. But that is what it's become. The biggest loophole, I think, in Australian healthcare history. At the time, former Health Minister Nicola Roxon stared down big tobacco to pass the world-leading legislation through Parliament. Now, some people are going to be cynical about this, but I've never met a single smoker who wants their child to become a smoker. And we're trying to break the chain, and we hope that plain packaging will help people break their addiction and stop new people starting up this dirty and unhealthy habit. It was a landmark victory. Rates of smoking dropped by 25% in the first three years after plain packaging laws were rolled out. That's about 100,000 fewer smokers. This is an area where Labor actually has a very impressive record. Claire Harvey is the Australian's editorial director and the regular host of The Front. She did warn me that I wouldn't be able to expense the vape I bought in the name of research for this episode. It's something Labor is rightly proud of. And now what Big Tobacco has done is pivot. They started manufacturing vapes and then they started lobbying. This is a tactic they also used against plain packaging of cigarettes to try and convince the government that putting cigarettes in plain packs or putting vapes in plain packs wouldn't hurt the big tobacco companies, it would hurt mum and dad shop owners. So the tactics have not changed, it's just that the product has changed. It's clear Mark Butler is gunning for a similar win on vapes. He's not having a bar of the suggestion that vapes should be regulated and sold to over-18s through legitimate channels. Let's be very clear about this. Big Tobacco has taken another addictive product, wrapped it in shiny packaging, added sweet flavours to create a new generation of nicotine addicts. But while these new measures fall on the side of health advocacy, has he done enough? Here's Ellen again. The change the government is making is that under current arrangements, only one in 20 GPs is authorised by the Therapeutic Goods Administration to issue a prescription for a nicotine vape. Under the changes that we now know are coming down the line, every GP will be able to do that. So the fact that the government has worked very closely with the doctors and other health advocates to come up with this policy, I think that broadly the doctors will be okay with this because the aim of it is to stop vapes getting unregulated out into the wild and particularly into the hands of young people because I don't think there'd be anyone out there that would argue it's a good thing for young people. So why not push for a total ban? 
I think the government believes that it does have some merit as a smoking cessation device. And I think what he's seeking to do there is to try and get ahead of a relatively new problem. We know that the vapes that people are currently using are loaded with nicotine. There can only be one reason for nicotine to be added to these vapes, and that's to get people hooked. And perhaps the more pressing issue is what becomes of the thriving black market that sprung up in response to the last government's attempts at regulation. What happens when you want to go online and just order a vape yourself? We don't have answers yet as to how they might be able to block some of those websites or where they might go with legislation on that. And what happens to all of those dodgy sellers who are already providing vapes and nicotine products and chop-chop illegal tobacco under the counter at countless small stores across Australia? Damaging though it might be, this isn't anything big tobacco hasn't seen before. It's an industry that survived and thrived in spite of our growing understanding of the health risks of smoking and vaping. The ability to spin and pivot is all in a day's work for tobacco executives. So will big tobacco find a way when it comes to vapes? Well, it's found a way so far, but I think Australia's had a really successful anti-smoking strategy, a combination of taxing the heck out of them to make them unaffordable, make people really think twice about them, but also in how they framed the narrative about smoking. They just made it really hard to smoke. They made it uncool to smoke. So let's see if the public health advocates can turn the vaping narrative around from something that teenagers are doing because it's cool into something that's just kind of gross and bad for you, which is what they managed to do with cigarettes. Ellen Wynette is an associate editor with The Australian. Claire Harvey is our editorial director and Remy Varga is a reporter in our Sydney bureau. Subscribers to The Australian get first access to the nation's best journalism at theaustralian.com.au. A troubled young woman. Her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.